there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe, totally secure. Super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same-game parlay bets, live betting, it's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. And welcome in, everybody. The man alongside me is Jason Timpf, who's amazing. He does hoops tonight for the volume. And uh, going to do our little foray for the next 30 minutes or so. That was obviously not resembling game one in the second half. You know, it was interesting. As I, I'll just give you kind of my minute spiel on this. So as I watched the first half, once again, the refs were allowing a lot of physical play, which I do think bodes well for the Celtics over the long haul. But as I was watching the first half, I was saying, listen, if Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson aren't going to be here offensively in this series, you can't you can't ask you know, Steph to be the shot maker because you're not getting anything from Draymond or Looney. Somebody's got to give Steph some help. And then in the second half, Jordan Poole delivers. Uh, I think Klay played pretty good defensive basketball. Um, he's okay. He was fine. Uh, but I thought you saw a huge pullback on Marcus Smart offensively, Al Horford. Um, and, and this should be noted. This is something 
we talk about. When Marcus Smart, he shoots like he averages 20 a game. He's a very confident guy. <laughs> but you only get that about every fourth game from him. Uh, whereas Tatum, Steph, there's some offensive-leaning players in this series. Marcus isn't. Uh, and tonight was below his usual standard. But he has a lot of nights like this. You're going to get three of these in the series where he's just not going to hit shots. And then it becomes very Jalen Brown, Tatum Reliant. They missed a lot of um, closer shots. And because of that, uh, you know, the game gets out of hand. If you're the Celtics, though, there's a couple of things here. They're going to let the guys play. That's going to be, I think, over time, an advantage to the Celtics. Celtics. Um, The second thing that jumps out to me is that's about as bad as Boston can play. They're hard to blow out because they play such good defense. So you know they didn't play Robert Williams much, Jason. So they they made a decision pretty early is we're just going to get him healthy. Assignment done. We got to split. We're not going to play Robert Williams a ton. So I think you're going to get a very spirited effort by Boston in game three. You know, what was so what was so interesting is through three halves, you could get this feeling like the game was just easier for Boston. And a huge part of it was yeah. that physicality you're talking about. So, you know, a lot of times people focus on interior size, but I would argue in this era of NBA basketball that perimeter size is actually the most important element in the game. The reason why is more more than ever, it's become important to cover ground, especially in rotation. So getting bigger athletes that are running around on the perimeter, they just take bigger steps. Like, guess what? If Jalen Brown is closing out on a shooter, it's just different than if that's Jordan Poole or Clay Thompson closing out on a shooter. They're bigger, they're stronger. You've been big on this since game one. The physicality, if, you know, hand checking's allowed both ways in this series. If you watch, it's hilarious how much fouling is taking place. There's a play in the Oh, no, it's incredible. Around the basket, they're letting everything go. Yeah, it's outrageous. There was a fadeaway that Jalen Brown took over the top of Draymond Green at the foul line, and uh, they showed it on replay, and Jeff Van Gundy's like, look at this amazing defense from Draymond. I'm like, he fouled him six times on that possession, (laughs) but it's like, I'm not mad about it because it's happening with everybody, and you know that dynamic through three halves was leaning heavily towards Boston, and so what was really interesting and I thought was really smart, I I think it's probably Steve Kerr that kind of picked up on this. And he has been, I think, in all likelihood, the best halftime adjustments guy in this playoff field. I think when you hear things, when you hear things like, "Oh, who's the better third quarter team?" The better third quarter team that usually comes down to coaching. That comes down to a coach that can identify where your issues were in the first half, explain what needs to be done, and then they go out and execute. And I think Kerr understood as is a very interesting psychological phenomenon that takes place in with NBA officiating, the team that's at a disadvantage, whether it's on the scoreboard or in the series, is just going to get more leeway with officiating because that's just an, it's it's just human nature. I don't I'm with you, Colin. I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I don't believe anything's rigged, but I do think that naturally officiating gears towards the team that's at a disadvantage. I think Kerr came out at halftime and was like, "I need you guys to beat them up." back because they're going to let you because you're at a disadvantage and they picked up that physicality in that third quarter and all of a sudden Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum weren't getting the dribble penetration that they were getting earlier all of a sudden they had a dominant quarter that was very similar to what Boston did to them in the fourth quarter of game one and next thing you know the series is tied even though you were probably the worst team for three of the halves to this point 
just like that, you needed something to tip the dynamic and you hit the nail on the head with Jordan Poole. This Golden State team desperately needed somebody to yes. step up offensively because it was looking like Steph at the top and then like four Boston Celtics and then maybe Jordan Poole after that. They they needed somebody to shift that dynamic and today it was Jordan Poole. And Clay Thompson, even though he didn't have a massive scoring night, I thought he hit some big shots to start the third quarter that kind of just loosened things up a little bit for them. Yeah, and I think Clay always gives you a, a, a um, like a really smart defensive effort. He's got his hands in the right places. Um, you know, I, listen, both these teams, I mean, Wiggins missed about six chippies. Clay missed three. Boston missed 20. Um, it was not an artistic masterpiece. Most of the, the runs were on outside shots. Um, you know, I was like you. After six quarters, I, I thought to myself, well, Boston's four best players are all in their prime. Warriors' four best players are all out of it. It's something. It's not everything. It's something. Boston looks a little twitchier and a little quicker. Um, you know, my I think game three, I think you're going to get more Robert Williams. I really do think the Celtics came in here thinking, and listen, let's just see how it goes. The, the minute it got out of hand, we're not going to – let's not worry about Robert Williams. Let's just – Al Horford, let's get him out of there. Robert Williams. So I, 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 I'm interested to see the line in game three because I would favor the Celtics. But it, it, here's something now, Jason. So, you know, when you go on the road, Boston has been a team when they're favored, like game six against Miami, they get tight. So now we go home and we all expect them to play great. They're five and four at home. It, the last, I think it's their last nine games are like five and four at home. So whereas tonight in the, in these first six quarters, it's a little bit of house money. There's not a lot of pressure. They're the underdog. It's at chase. They tend to play really well and tough and scrappy as underdogs. Now they go home and we're like, oh, they were just humiliated. This is their game. They're, they're not, they're not yet to me nearly as comfortable. Golden State's very comfortable sometimes too comfortable as a favorite. They get sloppy and smug. <laughs> Golden State, Boston gets tight. They get a little tight. And this is by, you know, we both know this. That's what young teams do. Until you've got yep. the title, you're, you're not something until you are. So I'm really interested to kind of see Boston now has home court, just got humiliated. Now they have to be, they have to perform great. And, uh, now I think the series really gets interesting. Now it real to me it really gets interesting, and I I still lean slightly Golden State, but if the refs allow this, and I said this after Game One, if Robert Williams plays in six games, and the refs allow this, it's a coin flip to me. It really is. I feel like if Boston plays a certain way, they're going to win this series. The question for me is whether or not they're going to play that way. You know, what I call it is it's like, if you ever heard this expression, Colin, it's like being allergic to success. And, it, and, yeah. and it's, the, it's just the kind of personality or the kind of groups or the kind of teams where when they're having success, they struggle to identify what's causing the success. So for instance, with Jason Tatum tonight, you know, Jason Tatum had a nightmare shooting night in game one, but I thought he played better basketball in game one. Because as much as he missed shots, 
He was engaged in physical and a defensive end. And most importantly, he understood that his role on this team with the way, with the way that Golden State is guarding them is to create the initial advantage. And the way that that manifested was 13 assists. And I believe he only had three assists tonight. He was minus 36 and didn't play in the fourth quarter, which is an outrageous number. But it's again, it's because Tatum looked at it as like, I need to get going as a scorer in game two. Whereas the reality was, is like, actually they were winning, even though you, if you just take that same set of shots you took, maybe you make a couple more great, but you need to do exactly what you did in game one. That's what I mean by allergic to success. It's like you're, it, you, you're failing to understand that the reason why you had the advantage to begin with is the Celtics were getting into their drive and kick game and getting wide open shots out of that. But there was nowhere near... And Jalen Brown had a rough night tonight. So it was even more important for Tatum to be the guy that could be that consistent force. But it's like... And then the other issue too here, Colin, is like... It's it's almost like the 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 problem with being too talented as a skilled basketball player, where it's like you could see Tatum take these incredibly difficult jump shots, like sidestep jump shots, step back jump shots, turnaround jump shots, and it's the curse of being as talented as he is because that counts as settling, essentially meaning like you understand you have a physical advantage against somebody, and you could physically press that advantage and get a high quality shot. But you also work a lot this summer on this nifty little step back and it looks pretty when it goes in and you know you can make it. And so you're staring at the guy and you're like, I I could just take this step back. It'll be easier on my legs. Maybe it'll go in. And that to me is an example of that, the burden of almost too much talent. Like he got away from what was working for him in game one, which was slashing, getting into the paint, collapsing the defense and getting everybody else going. I almost feel if Jalen Brown had Jason Tatum's offensive talent and Tatum had Jalen Brown's confidence, you'd have two stars. Like I think Jalen thinks he's a little better than he is. And Jason doesn't (laughs) know how good he is. (laughs) And so, you know, like there are nights that Jalen's off and I I just want to say pull back, but that's not who he is. He's super athletic. He just, he believes he can score on anybody. Tatum's gifted, but you can see it. We talked about this after game one. If Jason misses a couple shots, has a couple of bad times down the floor, he's much more willing to get rid of it. He's just not going to shoot through it. And that's just his personality. A couple other things that jumped out to me is I did think the Warriors got the whistle in the first half. Um, you know, it's you're just going to wait. It's going to work. The, the other thing, though, if you're Boston, you have to feel pretty good. So if you watch the Celtics enough, they have these six-minute lulls, even on good nights. They're, and they had one tonight. But at one point they had it and then they corrected and they took the lead. It was in the first half. And I'm like, wow, like that's trouble for the Warriors. The problem is they had a second one in the third quarter. And you're like, you can't, you can't have two of those against the Warriors. But the, the thing that I think bodes well for Boston is when they have these six and seven minute lulls um, and the Warriors don't always have them. Uh, but the Warriors usually have them when they're when they're motion. They don't move enough. They get very ISO, mm-hmm. and that's when the Warriors are in trouble. And they're very talented, so sometimes they just get into watching Steph. But but the war the Celtics get into this because if Tatum's not hitting, it's not a beautiful offensive team. Tonight they had two or three long stretches, but they usually don't. And I, I'll go back to this in that first half when they had a six and a half minute lull. It didn't do much. They were down like eight, nine, and they got right back into it with a couple threes. Um, they're not going to be this bad. 
this is the worst Boston's going to play. This will not happen again. And Jordan Poole's not going to hit 38 footers again. So I think my com if I look at the eight quarters played, take out the fourth quarter of game one for the Celtics, take out the third quarter of game two for the Warriors. And my takeaway is something you said. I think Horford's better than he was tonight. I think we're pretty even on shot makers. Unless Clay goes to the next level, they both have about three or four guys that can make shots. And I think it will Robert Williams remain healthy. Uh, Draymond doesn't get another technical. Like, I think we're going to have a really close series. Takeout, tonight's third, and game one's fourth. It's a pretty good matchup. These you got shot makers, both play really good defense, both have a star. I my only tweak on the series is I think it may go seven. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what we hoped this series would be. <laughs> like, fi finally, two teams to where if they don't bring their best effort, they're going to get their butt kicked because you're playing against a team that's actually at your level. I thought I'm I'm with you. If you're a Boston fan tonight, and I'm with you, I don't I'm not ready to jump off my Golden State pick. I was on Golden State in seven, and because I predicted I predicted this exact phenomenon the 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 Jekyll and Hyde Boston thing when they when they look good, it looks like other teams are just completely swallowed up by their athleticism and their ability to play both ends of the floor. But then when they get sloppy on offense, they go through stretches where they look like they literally don't know what they're doing on offense. And then, you know, I thought this was a, a textbook game from Golden State 2 where they controlled all of the all of the little details of basketball games that are all factored into what makes a good team. Like, for instance, they took better care of the basketball than Boston. Boston had 19 turnovers. The, the Warriors scored 33 points on those turnovers. Again, Colin, like when you turn the basketball over and you don't give your defense a chance to get set, there's just a huge difference trying to get a stop against the team that's running at you when you are not set versus when you've scored yeah. the basketball or you got a quality shot and your defense was set so that now they can come down and they don't have an initial advantage. When you get a team like Boston in the half court, is going to have a big advantage in this series because of their physicality, because of their size. But if you can, as Golden State, get a third of your offense just by running up and down the floor for layups and wide open threes when they're throwing the ball away, you're going to have your opportunities there. But I'm with you. If you're Boston, like you're going to go home in game three. They're three and a half point favorites right now in FanDuel. I expect them to play okay, great so the in Celtics, game three. Celtics are three and a half point favorites? Yes. And, and, okay. and so the way I'm looking at that is I, I think that, to your point, Boston's not riding high anymore. They just got their butt kicked. You know they're going to come in and play with intensity and with focus. You know Tatum and Brown are going to bring it. I wouldn't be surprised if Boston won big in game three, but then it's like we're going to be sitting here having a conversation, and it's going to be like, what do you expect in game four? I expect Boston to come out flat because they've done that time and time and time again throughout this yeah. this playoff run. I thought, I thought uh, just in general, them uh, Golden State flipping – that physicality dynamic was it was very good for them in that second half but for the series in all likelihood that's an advantage that will stay in Boston's corner if I'm hand checking you and I have an extra 20 pounds on muscle on you my hand checks are going to do a better job of holding you in your spot than if you're skinnier and smaller than me and I'm driving on you even if you got your hands on me I'm going to blow right through that so I think over the course of the series that advantage favors Boston but kudos to Golden State for flipping it on them tonight The NBA Finals are here, and so is your chance to score big on FanDuel Sportsbook. Throughout the Finals, FanDuel's giving new customers 
$200 in free bets. 200 bucks, free bets, guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, bet the money line, point spreads, player props. Just sign up. The promo code is always Colin. That's me, C-O-L-I-N. If you haven't tried FanDuel, now's the perfect time. Give it a shot. The only thing sweeter than watching the finals is cashing in on the action. Join today. Promo code Colin. Turn a $5 bet into $200 in free bets. Win or lose. Make every game feel like game seven with FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-717 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Yeah, I thought if you're a Warrior fan, you have to feel good about Jordan Poole because he was completely ineffective in Game 1 and mostly ineffective both sides of the floor in Game 2 in the first half. And I, that's as we started this, I said... This can't be just Steph. Like, Clay's not what he was. 
he's just not getting as good a looks. He just he doesn't his his movement's a little off. Um, you know, two big injuries, it's a little off, not quite as quick. But he's always been a guy that shoots. You know, Clay is funny. Uh, Van Gundy was kind of criticism criticizing him tonight for some of his shots, but it, Clay has got a lot of leaners. You know, he doesn't create a shot as well as like Steph or, or maybe a Tatum. So some of his shots are just ugly. He does a lot of leaners and a lot of them go in. But there, Jordan Poole's not going to hit as much as he hit tonight. They're going to need Jordan Poole to not freeze in the headlights in Boston because th this defense, and you saw it, you've seen it in probably, um, you know, of the eight quarters, you've probably seen it in five to five and a half to maybe six of them. They're making Boston take some off-balance, hurried shots. There's a reason the Warriors are missing some gimmies when you have to hurry. You know, some of those with Wiggins, he's got, he's contested. He's got a hand in his face. So, you know, you can just say the Warriors are missing uh, gimmies, but that's the reality of it. And for the record, Boston missing gimmies too, because Looney's a presence defensively and Draymond's a presence. So I didn't think either team, both left about 20 points on the table on, on little chippy stuff inside. But, um, you know, I think I think you and I both agree to long series. I I, I do want to, um, and again, I want to remind people: please subscribe to our channel here. See it off to your right. I think it is. Maybe it's your left. Uh, subscribe to the Volume Sports um, here during the finals. We've gone live. We haven't really done that before, but we just want to give you the most uh, urgent, thoughtful stuff that Jason and I um, think of immediately after the game. I, I did want to touch on one thing: Quinn Snyder. And Brad Stevens did this in Boston. He lost the locker room. He said, you know, certain guys are turning me out. Um, and he went upstairs and made the Al Horford trade, right? Good trade, Derek White move. Um, Quinn Snyder, I think, looked at this. Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell don't get along. It's the worst kept secret in the world. And Snyder's a really good coach. I think he coached Missouri seven years. They had a winning record every year. He had a winning record in the tournament. Uh, you know, after the first couple of years, he took over a rocky situation with the Jazz. He's had a great records, number one record in the West one or two years. He'll get a job. He'll get to pick his assignment. He's got young kids. Um, you know, he's not going to quit working, and a lot of people like him. And I think he'll sit back for a year and kind of pick the job he wants. He's very well-respected, super cerebral guy. But it, it's interesting because I do think Donovan Mitchell's a to me, is a great two. Uh, he's, he's a willing defender, though not a great one. When he went to Louisville, actually, he told me with Patino, he was a, he, he came as a defensive guy. Like, Patino made him play defense. And now he's become a very um, an abundant offensive player. But I think wherever he goes, you know, the Knicks may try to make him a one. I think he's better as a two. Um, but how do you see the Utah situation? Because to me, it feels like, listen, it's, it's almost – as good as they've been, it feels like a little bit of a reboot. That's what it feels like to me, is that like when Mitchell and Gobert do not get along, Quinn's like, I'm out. It's a sign. You know, they're not that they're waving the white flag here a little bit, but it is sort of a, all right, the coach is out. The stars hate each other. What do you think happens with Utah and Donovan Mitchell? So it's super interesting. You said Donovan Mitchell's a number two. A huge part of that is 
he what to me qualifies as a number two. It's a reason why a guy like Devin Booker falls into that camp for me is if you can't be a reliable offensive fulcrum, meaning the guy who has to make the majority of the decisions on every single possession, both guys like Devin Booker, guys like Donovan Mitchell are way too volatile as, uh, as playmakers. Donovan Mitchell is a lot closer to like almost like a Russell Westbrook with his shot selection and his approach every trip down the floor. He obviously he's obviously a different type of player in a lot of different ways, but his approach to the game. He never sees a shot he doesn't like. He doesn't understand the flow of a game. He's not good at keeping his teammates involved. He's a big part of why Rudy Gobert wasn't able to punish mismatches under the rim over the course of the last couple of years. So there's a lot of issues there. The issue to me in terms of moving forward with Utah is which guy do you trade? Because the easy answer is like, oh, you move Gobert. Donovan Mitchell looks like a star. star. The fans love him there. That's all great. The issue is, is I am worried about Rudy's trade value because he's so bad offensively. A lot of the criticism of him on defense is completely wrong. Like it's more of a Twitter meme than it is a real thing that's happening on the court. He is a phenomenal defensive player in every facet of defense. If anybody tells you something differently, they don't know what they're talking about. The issue is, is he's a offensive liability. He can't punish mismatches. He's basically Clint Capella on offense. And he makes like $47 million five years from now. So that's the issue is like, I, I'd like to say you rebuild around Donovan Mitchell, but I don't know how you trade Gobert. What are you going to get for him? Probably bad contracts in return. And so I, I know it sounds crazy, but what I would look at, and I, Jazz fans don't want to hear this, but I, I think Donovan Mitchell is closer to a Russell Westbrook type of personality than to like a John Morant, someone I'd feel really comfortable with my franchise moving forward. He's yeah, shown ja, zero ja's commitment to defense. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's Donovan Mitchell hasn't even tried like he's if anything, he's completely let go of the defensive rope since he was in college. He has trade value. So I would be targeting someone like Toronto, someone that needs offense. And I'd be like, hey, what can I get for Donovan Mitchell? Can I get Pascal Siakam? Can I get Pascal Siakam and maybe one other really good wing? Because then what I'm looking at if I'm Utah is like, what if I had Rudy Gobert with good defensive players? Because Rudy Gobert has carried a terrible defensive roster year in and year out for the last half decade. Can you imagine that guy with real defensive wings? That would be the approach that I would go. I just think that's a quicker path to a quick rebuild that shuffles the culture and has them playing better as opposed to trying to trade a bad contract in Rudy Gobert. And and, and again, it's Donovan Mitchell's trade value. You just have more options there. Yeah, it's a a really well-run franchise. Donovan's, t- I mean, listen, Westbrook has moved multiple times. So I do think Donovan has some Westbrook tendencies. I, I trust him more taking a jumper. Uh, I've met him before. And I really like him. Um, I give him a little bit of a pass because I don't know. He and Gobert just, you know, after that COVID thing, it's just disintegrated. Like he just doesn't, he won't pass to him. Like he just won't. So. I mean, listen, it, 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 I, I've always had this theory in the NBA. You can't win a championship with an awful contract. Donovan is going to make a lot of money, but there are some offensive gifts. Gobert's contract is, at the end, awful. I mean, it's it's yep. it's just awful. So I would move probably Rudy. And I also think there's an argument to be made with the Dallas Mavericks. See, I, I've argued this for years. Steph's never going to be a great defensive player. Own it and then surround him with twitchy athletes. Luca, we're four years in. When I was four years into my career in this business, 
I've gotten better, but there were certain things that I did well. I still do well. There are certain limitations. Four years in the NBA, I know what you are. Luka's never going to be an elite defensive player. So surround him. And Jalen Brunson, if you resign him, he's tiny. So like to, to me, Gobert makes sense there. Just get a rim protector because people are getting by Jalen and they're getting by Luka. And, you know, that one makes a little bit of sense to me. I think I'd probably try to keep Donovan um, and work around him. Listen, the tougher situation to be in is the Lakers where you've got two big problems. Westbrook is toxic and has no self-awareness and is way out of his prime. At least Donovan Mitchell's kind of in his prime. So Westbrook's out of his prime, toxic, and just doesn't get it. Uh, and I've, uh, I was told yesterday by somebody around the Lakers that it's worse than you think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the organization oh, yeah. is just like, oh, it's bad. The other problem you have is not just that Anthony Davis is always hurt. Anthony doesn't work terribly hard. And that's just guys do or they don't. You're either Russell Wilson, Brady, LeBron, or you're just possessed by it or you're not. And there's, there's, I, I say this all the time. There's a lot of things you can coach. You can't coach indifference. You just can't. So anyway, that's my two big takeaways. You do hoops tonight uh, on the Lakers. Give me, give me your thumbnail on again to our audience on what to do. If you're the GM of the Lakers and I said, okay, you get two big moves. What would they be? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So first of all, flipper us role players and then learn, learn from what I always tell. I always say on my show, learn from what is working in this playoff round. If you're a fan of some team out there and you're wondering what they should do this off season, pay close attention to your television screens and what is working in this league right now. How many Dwight Howard types are getting meaningful minutes and actually playing a meaningful basketball? Not many at this point in the season. So if you're targeting that type, your mind's in the wrong place. How many 6'6 to 6'9 strong twitchy guys have been functional or useful in the late playoff rounds? All of them, right? And so that's what I would target is overpaid you know, longer deals for bigger wings. You know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Gordon Hayward with his injury history, but that's the kind of guy that if you can bring him in in a tertiary role next to LeBron and AD, he can be super functional. He can bring a ton more value than what he did for Charlotte where they needed him to do so much more offensively. That's the type of player that I would target. Now, the second thing here is you've got these two first round draft picks, but you also have this Kendrick Nunn contract who's a pretty discounted backup point guard around the league. You can have him for $5 million. And then you've got Taylor Horton Tucker, who's been a disaster with the Lakers this last season. But Colin, like how much can you blame the kid? Can you imagine being a 21-year-old in that shitstorm trying to develop as a basketball player as you're having Can't. everything going on with Westbrook and the passive aggressive comments and post game pressers and and guys in and out of the lineup and then in uh, the Laker fan base and how hard they can be on people like it's just tough I I'm a big believer that Talon's not a star but he can be a functional player yeah. somewhere in the league so you package a guy like Talon with uh, Kendrick Nunn in a draft pick and again target another wing the Lakers you know I talked about perimeter size to begin this show it was the number one thing I I learned from the film study from game one of the finals. And by the way, Colin, for everyone listening, uh, the day after these shows, I always rewatch the game in its entirety 
and I do about a half hour of just notes, just X's and O's all in the weeds of the series. So stay tuned to our YouTube feed tomorrow morning if you want to see that. Uh, but when I was diving into that film, once again, it was perimeter size for Boston that made that difference. I would like to see the Lakers rectify their catastrophic issue from last year, which was way too much Anthony Davis and LeBron in the front quarter, Anthony Davis and Dwight with Avery Bradley and Kendrick Nunn and Taylor, or not Kendrick Nunn, with Taylor and Horton Tucker and Malik Monk and all of these really small, skinny players on the perimeter that were just getting destroyed. So that I'd like to see the Lakers get back to their 2020 identity, which was big wings, Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, all 6'5 to 6'9, compete, physical, rebounders. Those are That's what won you the championship. That's what's winning for both of these teams right now in the finals. And that needs to be the direction that they go in. And But the, what are the Lakers probably going to do, Colin? They'll probably be like, can we get Zach Levine? Like, what if yeah, we could flip Russ for John Wall? Let's get a star in here. You yeah, know, that's God. just their approach to everything. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the finals. Uh, it's 1-1. Celtics, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I like Boston. I think they win by about five or six. Um, I think Horford rebounds. You get a friendly whistle. Um, I don't think Jordan Poole can duplicate some of his shots tonight. I do think Clay is going to play better. Um, you know, my, my take is as a franchise, they were kind of resting Robert Williams tonight. We're going to see what they got out of him. Uh, I think you'll have more minutes from Robert Williams, a better game from Al Hortford, a better game from Marcus Smart. Uh, I think the Warriors pull back a little bit offensively. Uh, not, they won't be quite as hot. Um, I'm going to take the Celtics by about five in game three. Your thoughts. So, I, I actually expect Boston to win big in game three because I just think it'll be the, the wave of the crowd, the first NBA Finals game in Boston since 2010, right? There's going to be a, an incredible historic type of vibe in there. The Celtics pl- facing a little bit of real adversity. You know, you were talking about Horford having a better game. Colin, uh, our own Draymond Green, who, as you have said, and I agree, uh, has the best sports podcast in America right now. In the world. <laughs> on, on, in, yeah, in the world. In the film, when I was watching it, he was kind of like, you know, in the game when you're watching it live, you see what's happening, but you have to rewatch to really see what's happening, which I totally understand for you. You were way too busy of a man to just sit down tomorrow morning and watch three hours of, of, of Warrior right. Celtics again. But like on the film, Draymond was daring Horford to shoot. There wasn't even a closeout on most of them. Tonight, Al Horford, zero three-point attempts. Draymond completely erased that factor from the game in one night. He said on his show he'd make the adjustment, and he did. And, you know, sometimes, especially for guys, there's a lot of guys like Al Horford and Derek White in particular, they'll shoot when they're open, and when they get a groove, they'll be a little more aggressive, but they're not gunners. So, like, if you can throw them a soft closeout, they won't even shoot. You know, they'll just keep it moving. And that was an interesting example from Draymond tonight to to flip that dynamic. But that said, Boston, 19 turnovers for 33 points tonight. That's something they'll clean up. Tatum and Brown both had rough nights. They're going to be better in game three. I expect that physicality dynamic to flip back towards Boston. One of my favorite bets on FanDuel lately has been alternate spreads. 
I actually was on it tonight for Golden State because I expected them to win big, but I got them at minus 14 and a half for like plus 400. That's going to be the kind of thing I'm going to be looking at in in this game three uh, spread is what kind of odds we can get on an alternate spread in that 10 to 15 range. Because I think that in Golden State also with Steve Kerr, knowing they have some older guys and some 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 guys that are dealing with some uh, some injuries, I could see him pulling the plug a little bit early too if the game is out of hand. So I expect Boston to win big in game three and then game four becomes the pivotal moment of the series. Does Boston put a second good effort together and put themselves in a big advantage or do they let their foot off the gas? Do guys, it, uh, you had mentioned Jordan Poole. He's obviously the biggest swing factor. I'm with you. I don't think Clay's going to get it going. He's just not getting good shots. Like, it's not like we're yeah, sitting here watching Clay choke under the pressure. He, against this Boston defense, if it's if it's him flying off a screen, it's still contested. His fadeaways are incredibly contested. He's had a handful of plays where he's gotten a layup attacking a closeout, but he's not getting good looks. Clay's not going yeah. to get going in this series unless Boston makes a lot of mistakes. But Jordan Poole is going to be the guy to watch. I... Steph has just become reliable. Like you could just count on the guy to be a monster every single night, but they need something from Jordan Poole to steal one of these games in Boston. All right, Jason, Tim hoops tonight. He'll break it down. We'll put it all over our stuff, all over the volume. Please subscribe to the volume sports YouTube channel. It's left or right. One of those. All right, my man. Good job. We're knotted at one. Uh, Game three is Wednesday. Same time, same place. Thanks, man. See you next time. waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. King's Island is now open on weekends. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.